Lord said something to me many years ago. He said, Keith, if you can thank me for something, you'll eventually have it. <laughs> Praise God. If you can thank me before you see it, you'll eventually have it. Glory to God. And I've proven that to be true through the years. Glory to God. I'm not finished yet. Amen. Now today what we want to do is we want to complete our, I thought I was done the last few weeks about this subject called fearless. And, uh, but I'm not finished. We're going to finish today, I believe. I believe we're going to finish today. And we've talked about steps to becoming fearless and things of that nature. And, and today I want to talk about the, the primary way that fear comes. The primary way that fear comes so that we can be on guard and watch ourselves. Amen. I got this word in my spirit and it's the word portal. I was praying this out uh, much of the time when I'm uh, to, to get messages and find out the mind of Christ about what He wants me to share. I'll take sufficient time and I'll pray in the Spirit, pray in other tongues, in the Spirit language. Amen. And when you pray in tongues and you pray in the Holy Spirit, your spirit man is active. You're, it's like putting your antenna up. Amen. And you're able to receive signals from heaven, praise the Lord, about what He wants you to do. And I kept hearing this word, portal, portal. So I looked it up, you know, and I looked up in, in uh, the dictionary, in uh, Webster's Dictionary. And it means this, a doorway, a gate, an entrance, a large opening. The word portal, it simply means this, a doorway, a gate, a large entrance, a big opening. Okay? And, uh, and I saw this, how that in connection with our five physical senses. Everybody know what our five physical senses are? That's, that's how you learn in this life. That's how you function in this life. And, and of course, I'll just list those off in case you're not aware of what those are. <laughs> Number one, seeing. Now, this isn't necessarily in, in divine order here, but seeing is one of your senses. Number two, hearing. Number three, smelling. Number four, feeling or touch. And number five, taste. We call this the five physical senses. Say five senses. Okay. Now, these are all portals or entryways or doorways that the Lord can speak to us, but also the devil can speak to us through these entryways. And I want to show you something here this morning, I believe, that uh, is going to really stimulate your faith here this morning. Now, we call these the five physical senses. All right, these are the avenues. These are the avenues whereby the, the major universities in this earth be the train and they teach people through the five senses. But there is a sixth sense for the believer, and it's called the spirit realm or faith. There's a sixth realm for the believer that we are to be governed by more than the five physical senses. Now let's go over to Mark chapter 4 for a minute here. Mark chapter 4. In verse 24, glory to God. If you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn over there. In Mark chapter 4 and verse 24, Jesus said unto them, Take heed what you hear. Notice that phrase. Jesus said unto them, Take heed what you hear. Say what you hear. Then he goes on to say, For what measure you meet, it shall be measured to you, and unto you that hear shall more be given. So here's the phrase I want you to see right here. We're talking about this portal or entryway that either the Lord can speak to us or God can speak, or God can speak to us or the devil can speak to us, all right? 
And the first thing he said was this, take heed what you what? Hear. Now that's one of the five senses, isn't it? That's one of the five senses. Take heed what you hear. Now go to Luke chapter 8 and verse 18. And, and Luke says it a little bit differently here. Hallelujah. I love comparing the four Gospels when there's a certain account of something, you know, there's, it might be listed in two or three or four of the Gospels that you can compare notes. Hallelujah. Get a, full, a fuller picture of what is being said. But in Luke chapter 8 and verse 18, the Scripture says, Take heed therefore how you hear. That's Luke 8, 18. Take heed how you hear. Right? Now Mark says, Take heed what you hear. But Luke says, Take heed how you hear. So what means to be selective, right? You've got to be selective about what you hear because what you hear will affect the condition of your heart. And we're talking about the subject of being fearless, okay? And it's very, very important. I'm sure all of us in this room at some point heard something or saw something that brought fear to us that prior to that, that fear wasn't there. You got a phone call. You saw a news report. You heard from Sister Bucketmouth or something. Just saying. <laughs> or Brother Bucketmouth, all right? I'm not picking on women, all right? I'm just making a point. But you heard bad news, and so you heard some kind of negative news. Now, nothing's happened yet, but you heard words that affected the condition of your heart. So we need to take not only heed what we hear, we need to take heed how we hear. In other words, the attitude in which we hear. Okay? Now, again, God is able to communicate with... Here's the difference between us and the world is that we have the Holy Spirit, we have the Holy Ghost living on the inside of us where the world doesn't. Jesus said the world cannot receive the Holy Ghost because they haven't seen Him. They don't even know God. Amen? But you and I, bless the Lord, we have the Holy Spirit on the inside of us and He's walking on the... It's not just us walking around. Amen? I made mention of the fact some time ago I saw a young lady that was expecting a child, and she was about nine months pregnant. <laughs> and I mean, it looked like she should have gave birth two months ago. And it, the thought dawned to me. I looked at her, and I said, there's another person in there. Amen? Now, that's not rocket science. That's just the facts, right? There's another person inside of that person. Why is it so hard for us to believe that a person can live on the inside of us? The Holy Spirit, God, the person. He lives on the inside of every single believer. Amen. Now, with that thought in mind, when God lives on the inside of us, He is able. Man, I feel it this morning. Glory to God in my spirit. I don't mean my, with my senses, but in my spirit, I feel something powerful. Praise the Lord. That God is able to communicate stuff to you apart from your five physical senses. Information that you need that will be very, very helpful for you. <laughs> So we need to start practicing. We've talked about that before. We need to start practicing the presence of the Lord and, and to be more aware of Him. And uh, that is not just for pastors and preachers and teachers and evangelists, you know. Whatever you are called to do in this life, whatever walk you're in right now, you could be in a department store, you could be working anywhere, and, and God can speak to you while you are doing your job. You could be in the healthcare industry, you could be in the food industry, you could be in nursing, you could be in any kind of 
any kind of uh, uh, employment as far as that's concerned. And the Holy Spirit can talk to you during that time. Amen? Most of the time when God speaks to me, I'm out just doing my business, doing something that I've already prayed and so forth. But then as your spirit is open, God can speak to you. Now let's go to Matthew 16 real quick here. And I want to show you something here. And we're, we're going to show you with this thought in mind that God can communicate to you information that's vital to you and to others apart from your five physical senses, what you can see, what you can hear, what you can taste, what you can touch, what you can smell. Hallelujah. We're not just globs of flesh walking around. <laughs> Aren't you glad for that? Hallelujah. You know, when Paul told the, told the church of, of Corinth, he says, he says there's, there's division and there's strife among you and there's quarreling, you know, bickering, you know. And uh, he says, you are carnal. Now, that's where we get our English word carnivorous, meat, carnivore, okay. And he says, he says, you are carnal. Now, what does that mean? They're more conscious of the flesh and the natural than they are what the Holy Spirit and what the Spirit of God is saying. Amen. Now, in Matthew 16, we see uh, in verse 13, are you ready? Here it comes, Matthew 16, verse 13, and Jesus came to the coast of Caesarea Philippi, and he asked his disciples, who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? He's asking this question. He's curious. And they said, some say that you are John the Baptist. All right? These are all people that have moved on, right? Some say you're John the Baptist. Some say Elijah. Others, Jeremiah, or one of the other prophets. Now, these are some pretty big shoes to fill here, right? I guess they believed in reincarnation. That's what, that's what people are saying. You're John the Baptist, risen from the dead. You're Jeremiah, one of the other prophets. But that didn't satisfy Jesus. Verse 15, He saith unto them, Who do you say that I am? You know, it's not so important what others are saying about the Lord. It's what you say about the Lord that will make all the difference in the world. I don't really care what other people are saying. It's what I say about the Lord. If I say, Lord, you are my healer. He becomes that to me. You are my Savior. He becomes that to me. You are my baptizer in the Holy Ghost. He becomes that to me. Amen. Amen. Praise God. You know, it's really important that we personalize and take ownership of Scripture. The Lord dealt with me about that some couple of years ago. He says, I want you to start taking ownership of the Scripture. Act like that belongs to you. That's yours. Amen. It's like this phone right here. I bought this phone. It belongs to me. I don't think twice about it. I take it where I go. I do what I want with it. You know what I'm saying? Praise God. I watch the clock up here and so forth. And... uh, You know, we take ownership of the things that belong to us, but the Scripture belongs to us, and we are to take ownership of that. Healing belongs to you. Deliverance belongs to you. Provision belongs to you. Wisdom belongs to you. You just have to take it, take ownership of it. It belongs to you. Amen? So Jesus said this. He says in verse 16, uh, verse 15, He said, Who do you say that I am? He's asking His followers, His disciples. And Simon Peter He's always talking, right? Simon Peter rose up and he said, answered and said, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Right answer, right? Now look at the next verse. Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona. Notice this, for flesh and blood, or the five senses, 
have not revealed this unto you, but my Father which is in heaven. Hmm. He asked a question. And he rose up and he said, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus said this. He says, You're blessed. <laughs> so if you give the right answer, you're blessed. And you can give the right answer every single day. Praise God. Are you excited this morning? My goodness. Mm. But he said, the, uh, Flesh and blood hasn't revealed this to you. But he noticed, he says, But my Father, which is in heaven. In other words, the five physical senses, Peter, did not reveal this to you, but my Father, which is in heaven. In other words, the Spirit of God was involved here. Now, you have to understand, folks, this is even before the new birth. You know, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, and John, we call that New Testament, but actually that's Old Testament. Jesus operated as a prophet under the Old Covenant. Now, we, we, we refer to Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John as New Testament, but actually Jesus is operating. The New Covenant did not begin until Jesus was raised from the dead and shed His blood for us. That's when the New Covenant, amen, was initiated. Praise the Lord. But yet the Holy Spirit was still active. Even though He wasn't in Peter at that moment, He was able to reveal information. How much more you and I that have the Holy Ghost in us Amen? Praise God. Amen? You know what? Uh, uh, Marty, could you bring me that water container up there? I want to do something here. I want to show you something here. Just the whole, the whole thing. Is it full? Okay. That's great. Thank you. I appreciate it. Now, the Old Testament priests and the, the Old Testament prophets and the Old Testament what we call followers of Jehovah had the Spirit upon them. Okay? So it's like this. Okay? It's just water. <laughs> I know that woke you up right there. Amen? This is their vessel right here. The Holy Spirit was upon them, but in the New Testament, the Holy Ghost is in us. Big difference, isn't it? I'll drink to that. Okay. There was a spot there that needed cleaned anyway, so. <laughs> he said this, he said, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Now, verse 18 says this. This is Luke's, or Matthew 16, verse 18. And Jesus said this, But I say unto thee, You are Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. And I will give unto thee the keys of the kingdom of heaven, that whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Now, one of the greatest mistakes that people have made, religion has made through the years, through the centuries, is to say that Peter became the first pope and that Jesus was building his rock on a man called Peter. Not so. Because just a few, now we don't have time here this morning, but just a few short verses later, in the same book, Jesus said here, talked about going to the cross. And remember what happened? Jesus 
Peter pulled Jesus aside. Just a few sentences later, he says, be it far from you. You're not going to go to the cross. And Jesus took the time to say to Peter, he says, get thee behind me, Satan. <laughs> now, isn't that amazing? It's like on one hand, in one minute, Peter is hearing from heaven. And a few moments later, he's hearing from hell. <laughs> this couldn't be the rock that Jesus was building his church upon. I submit this to you, that the rock that Jesus is talking about building his church upon is the rock of revelation knowledge. What is revelation knowledge? Knowledge that comes to you apart from the five physical senses. In other words, knowledge that's imparted to you through and by the power of the Holy Spirit. For example, you could be sitting there and I'm sharing something or somebody else is up here sharing something. And all of a sudden, it's like a light bulb just goes off on the inside of you. You're like, oh, I see something. Amen. And then what is that? That's revelation. Have you ever have that happen to you before? And I believe every service that we come together that that spirit is here. The Holy Ghost is here. He wants to reveal Jesus to us. He wants to reveal heaven to us. Days of boredom will no longer be. It'll, it'll be a thing of the past when you walk in revelation knowledge. And I'm going to talk a little bit more about this. I'm trying not to jump ahead of myself here. But, but here's the thing I wanted to show you is this, that these portals, what you can see, what you can hear, what you taste, what you can touch, what you can smell, the five senses are, avenue, are, are portals that God gave us to operate in this earth, to function in this earth. Now, when you cross a street, you better use your five physical senses. And when you drive in your car, you better use your eyesight. You better use your hearing. Do not close your eyes and drive by faith. You will get into an accident. <laughs> there are people that have actually done that kind of stuff. There's a, re, there's a way, there's, there's a purpose in our sight. There's a purpose in our hearing. But when it comes to revelation knowledge, that's why Jesus said that he that hath ears to hear, let him hear. See, we've got these physical ears on the side of our head. But you have an inner ear, spiritual ears, that you can hear things with your spiritual ear. Hallelujah. That your physical ears don't pick up. Hallelujah. It's a wonderful thing to carry on a conversation with the Lord. Hallelujah. There have been times more often than I can even count where there was some type of a threat or some kind of a thing that came up that was presented to me. And I always check my spirit. Now, Keith, I learned this from Keith Moore. And I heard, I've actually heard preachers criticize him for saying, I check my spirit with every choice I make, with every decision I make. Yeah. They said, oh, he's being too spiritual. No, 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 he's just being spirit conscious. Mm -hmm. Because every time we do something in this life, every decision that we make, it may not be a a bad choice or a bad thing, but you always check on the inside. How do I feel on the inside? What is my spirit communicating to me? What is it saying to me? Do I have a rest? Do I have a peace about that choice or that decision? Or is there an unrest? And you know, we can go just as much by what God doesn't say, but what He does say. And I tell you, you have to learn to listen. The witness of the spirit on the inside of you with all choices that you make. And especially when it comes to husbands and wives, you're gonna, if you're going to make a choice that's going to affect both of you, both of you need to have the same witness on the inside. Okay? And that's another subject here. But I'm talking about receiving information 
from the Spirit of God, from the Holy Spirit that comes apart from your five physical senses. Let's go real quickly to 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 6. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. So we are to take heed what we hear and we're to take heed how we hear. Hmm. Because what you hear will affect the condition of your heart. Thank you, Holy Spirit. I just appreciate that, Lord. You just reminded me of something. Um, Romans 10, 17 is a scripture that we're all familiar with. It says, so then faith cometh by what? Okay, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God, right? So hearing is a portal. It's an opening. It's an entryway. It's a door. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Well, fear comes exactly the same way. Fear comes by hearing and hearing the words of the devil. Okay? When you hear something long enough, you start to believe it. Right? Now, in 2 Corinthians 5, 6, it says, Therefore, we are always confident. I love Paul's attitude. He's an optimist. He's not a pessimist. He says, We are always confident, knowing that while we are at home in the, in the body, we are absent from the Lord. Notice this phrase, for we walk by faith and not by sight. In other words, we walk by revelation of the Word of God, not by just physical sight. <laughs> we walk by faith and not by sight. Glory to God. Say, I walk, I walk by, faith by faith and not by sight. Now, if you walk by faith and not by sight when it comes to your physical body, I can't tell you how many times I've quit counting where I've received divine healing in my physical body through the years. Some, some of it was major, some of it was minor. But when the enemy came, I went right back to my roots of what do I actually believe. The devil will test your revelation. Do you really believe what you're hearing? Well, you can pass the test. We can pass the test. Amen. If we base what we believe on the Word of God, we are walking by faith and not by sight. Thank you, Lord. We always refer to the, the guy by the name of Smith Wigglesworth. How many of you have heard of Smith Wigglesworth before? 24 people documented and raised from the dead under his ministry. Had a, I love studying about people like that. I just love, you can follow their faith. We're instructed to follow those who through faith and patience inherit the promises. And I'll tell you what, there's been not too many people on the earth that have lived like that man lived. But, but he... He said this. He made this statement one time. He coined a lot of different phrases, but I remember one in particular that really stood out to me. He says, when I get up in the morning, you know, he's an Englishman. He says, I don't ask Smith Wigglesworth how I feel today. He goes, I tell Smith Wigglesworth how he's going to feel today. See, your body has a voice. You know, one of the, I think some, we have to be careful about how we ask people things like, how are you feeling? How you feeling, honey? <laughs> How you feeling, honey? And we mean well by that. But here's the thing. You may be forcing that person to ask, answer a question in the flesh when they should be answering that question in the spirit. Now, we're not denying the fact that there's symptoms in your body. Okay? It's not how I feel today. How are you? That's a better way to say it. How are you? Amen? And so when you say who you are, 
then that can change how you feel. Hallelujah. There's been sometimes I've woken up in the morning, I had symptoms in my body, and by 12 noon, every symptom was gone. Because I'm not asking my body, how do you feel today? Sometimes well-meaning loved ones can say, how are you feeling today? You doing all right? I'm doing great. And they think you're lying. Isn't that amazing? Christian people think you're lying. No, we're speaking the truth. See, there's a difference. And I'll say this again. There's a difference between facts and truth. There's a difference. The fact may be that you have a pain in your stomach. The fact may be that you have a, uh, something wrong with your head. The fact may be that you have an allergy. The fact may be that you have some kind of disease. That's the facts. What's the truth? The truth is the Word of God. Jesus said in John 17, 17, He says, Thy Word is truth. He said, Sanctify them, Lord, through thy, thy Word. Thy Word is truth. And Jesus said, You'll know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Hallelujah. <laughs> so when you amplify the truth, the facts have to change. Amen? The fact was, I, I, I was told by one of the leading surgeons in Pittsburgh that I needed to have brain surgery. I won't go into detail about that. And they, put, they tried to put all kind of fear on the inside of me. They said that to me. They wanted to operate right away. I said, hold it. I want to go home and I want to pray about this. Okay? This is about five years ago. And uh, because I'm not going to be pushed into doing stuff. I'm just not going to be pushed. I'm going to be led but not pushed. Now, I'm not opposed to having surgery. I'm not opposed to operations. I'm not opposed to that. But I want to listen to the Spirit of God for me what I need to do in any given situation. Yeah. Amen? So, make a long story short, I, I uh, consulted the Father about it, asked the Lord about it. And He said, basically, He said, you have nothing to worry about. Just cast it on me. All's going to be well. Yeah. Amen? And I stand up to the glory of God. I stand up here completely, totally healed uh, from that situation that was in my brain. Completely healed. Now, I'm not saying that fear didn't try to come against me, because it did. I was driving home from the doctor that very day. You know the story, some of you do. And I'm driving through, we are up in Oakland, that's we are in the hospital up there, and I was coming home on Route 19 through Mount Lebanon. And we stopped at a, at a red light, you know, and, and these people were carrying out a, somebody in a body bag. Somebody died. And they're carrying, I'd never seen that before. In all my years on the earth, I'm 57, I've never seen that before. <laughs> and I saw, and the devil said, you're going to be next. Amen. Now, I, the more I thought about, I, I thought about, here, here's where it goes back to listening on the inside, your spirit. When I thought about the fact of going into surgery, I had, a, I had the most nauseous feeling in my stomach about doing it. It's not because I was chicken. It's not because I was scared. I wasn't afraid. I just had no peace whatsoever. Zero peace about going through with that. And we just happened to put Keith Moore on that night. It was a Friday night. 
And, uh, and it was like he came down and sat in our living room and addressed the very situation. He said, you might have option A and B, and you think those are the only options that you have for your situation, but that might, those, either one of those might not be the right situation. That might not be right for you. God has another option. Amen? Amen? And I am so thankful, and I am so grateful for the Spirit of God on the inside of us, because in the crisis of life, when we face the different things in, in this life, We have got to learn. Folks, listen, this is so important. As believers, we have got to learn to listen inside of us to the person that's in us to communicate with us, to instruct us, and to show us what to do. And I I did not have a rest. I did not have a peace about that. And I stand up here today. Now, that was a major situation. But I stand up here to the glory of God. I'm healthy and I'm strong and I have no problems in my brain. Praise God. But, you know, I have to say, it goes back to the Word of God. If I was to walk by sight, if I was to walk by the natural, and I was to consider that man's Word as the Word from God. You know, especially when you get a leading, you know, one of the leading Surgeons in the city, literally. Some nurse came in and told me that he's one of the best. He's the best. (laughs) She was practically pulling the knife out right then. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) And, uh, but I, I said all that to just say this, that I'm so thankful that you have to listen to here on the inside. There have been times I've heard information that have come to me like, There's reason to be concerned, but I checked inside my spirit. I do this all the time with everything. Something happens to our dog or cat or something, even something like that, you know, know, and and the family's all alarmed about something. I'll I'll listen. I'll say, it's not a problem. It's going to be all right. It's okay. Am I right? If there's something there, the Holy Spirit will show me. He will show you. Oh, pastor, what what if I miss God? That's fear. Amen. Can you hear my voice right now? If you can hear my voice, you betcha you can hear God's voice. Because I'm just a natural human being. Amen. And I believe the Lord's speaking through me up here, but I'm saying uh, if you can hear my voice, Jesus said, My sheep hear my voice and the voice of a stranger, they're not going to follow. I say it all the time Lord, I am your sheep, I hear your voice. The voice of a stranger, I'm not going to follow. Glory to God. And you follow after peace. See, so many times people think that the way, the major way that God leads is He speaks audibly to people. That is so far and few between. That is not the primary way that God speaks to His children. The primary way that God speaks to all His children is, notice this, the inward witness. And Romans 8 says, The Spirit of God bears witness with our spirits that we are the sons of God. Now, you don't know you're a child of God because someone prophesied to you and said, You are now a child of God, thus saith the Lord. You don't know you're a child of God because an angel just appeared to you suddenly and said, You're a child of God. But how many know I'm talking about the, the witness inside? How many of you know you're saved? Raise your hand. What do you have? Jesus didn't appear to you and tell you you're a child of God, but you have the inward witness that says, I'm right with God. Now, that doesn't mean you're perfect in the flesh, but you have an inward witness inside of you that you know that you're a child of God. 
That's the inward witness. Now, that's the same witness that will help you make choices and decisions in this life if you listen and train yourself to listen to the witness on the inside of you when everything out here is saying you should do otherwise. <laughs> oh, there's so much here. This is one of those inexhaustible subjects. I could just be on it for weeks and weeks. Now, let's go real quick here to Matthew 14. So, here's the, our foundation, what we're trying to establish here today is this, is that these portals are ways that God can speak to us, but it's also a way that the devil can speak to us, and we want to be sure that we're hearing the right voice. Because when we hear God's voice, voice, peace comes, faith comes, it's all going to be all right. Can I ask you a quick question? Have any of you faced something, you personally, you went through something, but you had an inward peace inside you, and the Lord was trying to communicate to you that, you know what, it's going to be okay. Has anybody ever had that happen to you? But at the time, your senses were like bombarding you. What you could see, what you could hear was saying otherwise. But yet, inside you, in your spirit, yeah, you had rest and you had peace. And it proved itself out because you look back and you look back and said, you know what, the Lord was right. But the devil's trying to make you upset in the process. Man, if he can make you upset over a hangnail, he will. That's why Jesus said, he said, let not, let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. He says, stop allowing yourself to be agitated, fearful. You know what I'm saying? John Osteen used to say years ago, that's Joel's father, you know, started the church in Houston. He said, I'm telling you, he said, most of you have been through how many different crises that I never went through because I didn't turn the news on at night. He goes, you went through this crisis, this crisis, this crisis. He goes, you went through a bunch of stuff you didn't have to go through. Isn't that true? So in Matthew chapter 14 and verse uh, 22, we'll verify this here. It says, and straightway, that means right away, Jesus constrained His disciples to get into the ship and to go before Him to the other side while He sent the multitudes away. And when He had sent the multitudes away, He went up on a mountain apart to what? Pray. Pray. All right. He is homing in. He is focusing in on what the Lord, through prayer, that's where you hear from the Lord. He went up on the mountain apart to play checkers. Nope. He went up on the mountain apart to what? Pray. Pray. He has an ear towards heaven. When evening was come, he was there alone. But the ship was now in the midst of the sea, tossed with waves, for the wind was contrary. And in the four, I have a friend, uh, Ronnie Pierce, pastor in Nashville, Tennessee, good friend of mine. And he's a, he says, Pastor, he said, this is my third trip, I think he said, third trip going to Israel. He does tours over there. You know, maybe one of these years we'll do one and we can all, we can all go. I mean, he, does, he has personal tours over there. And it, it's not, not, it's about half the cost and so forth. It's, it's really awesome. But he says, he goes, Keith, I've been on this lake, this exact lake. Been out there on the same type of a boat that disciples had. And he said, this just comes alive. Okay? That you're sitting on the same water that Jesus walked across this when this storm was coming right here. And it says, uh, now the ship was, in verse 24, now the ship was in the midst of the sea, tossed with waves, the wind was contrary. And in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went unto them walking on the sea. That's about 3 o'clock in the morning. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were... 
they were troubled and said, it is a spirit. And they cried out for what? Fear. All right. Now notice it says in verse 26, when the disciples saw, say saw. Now that's one of the five senses, isn't it? They saw something and what they saw affected the condition of their heart. The actual Greek says they shrieked with fear. They were beside themselves. This wasn't like a boo. It wasn't like they were, I mean, hair staying on the back of their heads, you know, goosebumps on top of goosebumps. This is what, because here's the thing. Most of these guys prior to their calling with Jesus calling them, they were fishermen, professional fishermen. Peter was. John was. Amen. James. And their, their experience was, and tradition was back then, that if you saw a spirit on the water, that meant within minutes you were a dead man. If they saw a spirit on the water, you know how it is today, you know, with that, that kind of stuff, you know, black cats and ladders and all kind of stuff, you know, superstition. Well, it was even back then too. And they said they were thinking, if you see a spirit, that meant within minutes you are a dead person. <laughs> so that's why they're freaking out. Now, they don't know this Jesus at this point, you know. But, but, uh, but notice in verse 20. 26, when the disciples saw, that's one of the five senses, when they saw Jesus walking on the or saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, said, It's a spirit. And they cried out with fear. Hmm. I guess so if they didn't know it was him. But verse 27, here's where Jesus steps on the scene here and opens their eyes. And straightway Jesus spake to them and said, Be of good cheer. Now, isn't that just like Jesus? He shows up when you're a mess. He shows up when you're the most frightened. He says, be of good cheer. In other words, get happy. <laughs> it seems to me that the Lord will say some most unusual things at the seemingly inappropriate times. He'll say, get happy, be glad, do a little dance, rejoice. And your flesh is crying out like, what, what are you talking about? All this stuff's falling in on me here, you know. But he says, be of good cheer. It is I, be not afraid. Wow. Now they heard, they saw something, it scared them. Now when they heard Jesus, faith comes by hearing, right? When they heard Jesus, it is I, be not afraid. That's just a couple of words. There had to be some kind of a holy hush over that, like, whew. But Peter answered, verse 28, said, Lord, if it's you, then bid me to come to thee on the water. Now, what's Jesus going to say? No, nope, it's not me. Is he going to say that? Peter put himself in this corner, right? He said, Lord, if it's you. Now, I admire, I admire Peter because we always talk about his failures and stuff. But, you know, out of the 12 disciples, he's the only one that ended up walking on the water here. The rest of them were back in comfort zone in the boat where it's comfortable, right? And he said, uh, verse 29, no, no, notice this here. And he said, come. Peter was come down out of the ship. He walked on the water to go to Jesus. Now look at verse 29. He walked on the water. He's walking on the water. Peter, a man, walked on the water. He had never did that, never in all his fishing experience, had never experienced something like that before. Never had walked on water. Never. 
up until this point where Jesus said, come. He just gave him one word. And he had enough guts to just step out and plant those feet on the water. And he began to walk to Jesus. And he walked on the water to go to Jesus. Look at verse 29. He walked on the water. Now he wasn't jet skiing. He wasn't scuba diving. He was walking on the water. Everybody say miracle. Okay. Now someone said, well, Jesus, Peter walked on the water. You know what? He didn't. He walked on the Word. The Word of God was sufficient to undergird him. He had a Word. Prior to that, he couldn't have done this. But when Jesus gives you a Word, you can do the impossible. You can do and I can do the impossible. Well, if something happened after this in verse 30, 29, everything's going well. He's walking on the water. Can you imagine what his physical senses felt like at that point? You talk about a rush of like, <laughs> of good feelings. Oh my goodness. <laughs> but notice what happened here. Verse 30, this is Peter, when he saw, say saw. Now that's one of the five senses. Right? What you can see. When he saw the wind boisterous, he was what? Afraid. Hmm. Beginning to sink, he cried out saying, Lord, save me. Now again, Jesus said, take heed what you hear. Take heed how you hear, what you listen to. Amen. Now, one of the portals in Peter's life was what he saw affected the condition of his heart. Now, the wind and the waves, I submit this to you, the wind and the waves had nothing to do whether he was walking on the water or not. He couldn't have walked on the water on a calm day when the sunshine is out and it's like glass. He still, that had nothing to do with it. Here's the, here's the point I want to make is this, that we're talking about how fear gets into our lives. It comes by what we hear and it comes by what we see. So he took his eyes off of the master. Here's, let's just say Jesus is back right about where the sound booth is right back there, okay? He's looking to Jesus and he's walking on the water and all of a sudden the devil throws up a little wind gust. Whew, you know? And then here comes the waves because the wa- the the wind is what controls the waves, okay? So he gets his eyes off, off of that for a second. He sees a six-foot wave coming at him, just hypothetically, you know? He didn't yell back, say, give me the scuba deer. He didn't say, you know, give me the life preserver. He didn't ask for that. So he's, far, he's committed enough, he's out there far enough that it's either sink or swim. But the fact that he walked on the water He started on the right foot, literally. He started by walking by faith, by what Jesus said to him, walk on the water. But here comes a wind, here comes a wave. So what what, what does the devil do? He distracts. You see, you can be sitting in a service like this, and some little distraction will come up, and you just missed exactly what the Holy Spirit was trying to say. Brother Kenneth, my spiritual father, said this. He goes, you could be sitting there and, and all of a sudden you're thinking about what color tie that person has on or what color dress they have on. And you could literally miss what the Holy Ghost is saying right then and there because of little distractions. Someone gets up and moves and goes to the bathroom. Everybody, you know what I'm saying? 
Little distractions. Little distractions. That's why we have to practice the powers of concentration and harnessing our thinking, controlling our thoughts, not being sidetracked, focusing on the things that are, very, that are most important to us. So Peter just got his eyes just for a second off, and he started to see the waves, and it says he began to sink. You know as well as I do that you don't begin to sink. If you jump off a diving board, you done sink, sunk. Okay? You ever jump off a diving board before? I have. It's been a while, but you know. You know, you don't begin to sink. You're, you're under. <laughs> right? And, uh, well, this is, that's not what happened here. He didn't just go, bam, he was under. It says he began to sink. So, in other words, there was a progression here. He was like, he kept going down. He was ankle deep, then knee deep, then waist deep, then chest deep. And then before you know it, he's about to go under. Now, all of this was brought on. This wasn't God's will that he sink. It was never God's will and intention that Peter sink. We'll see that here in a second. When we get our eyes off of Jesus, off of the, the Word of God, who is the Word. Jesus is the Word. Excuse me. When we get our eyes off of the, of the written Word and what God has said to us, that's when we begin to sink. Amen? I can't tell you how many times I've talked to people that are sinking. <laughs> and, I, and sometimes, you know, you just have to be careful because you don't want to make people feel condemned. You say, well, are you getting into the Word? Well, Pastor, it's been so busy. Are you still coming to church? Well, are you coming to church? Are you praying in the Spirit? Are you spending time with the Lord? Well, Pastor, you know how it's been. It's been really, really busy. That's the problem. We get too flesh conscious. When we're flesh conscious, then those fears, those portals can get into us. Amen. Because of what we're seeing, what we're hearing. Because once you leave this building here, you know, you're going to be out there in a five cents realm, so to speak, out there. But it doesn't have to defeat you or me. It doesn't have to defeat us. If I walk by faith and not by sight, I'm, I'm happy. Praise the Lord. <laughs> I could face the most unusual situation. I have at times, you know, and I'm like, my five senses are screaming out. <laughs> I know you all been there too. But on the inside of me, I hear the Lord saying, well, if you believe me, you'd get happy right now. Praise God. That's why the Bible says, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations diverse temptations, okay? When you, when you keep your, are, are you learning this this morning? If we keep our senses locked into the Word of God, what we see, what we hear, especially those two things, okay? And I'll, I'll close with a scripture here in a second here, but, but notice that, but, uh, verse 30, it says, when, Jesus, when he saw the wind boisterous, he was afraid, beginning to sink. Notice that Peter, he cried out and saying, Lord, save me, save me. And the next verse says, Jesus looked to Peter and said, Ah, learn your lesson. Sink. Didn't say that. <laughs> oh, he could have, couldn't he? <laughs> bloop, bloop, bloop. There it is, you know. Peter says, I see Nemo down here. <laughs> Jesus says back, 
Let it go. Let it go. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. I don't know where that came from. But... <laughs> and look, look at verse 31. Here's where I love Jesus. He says, Immediately Jesus stretched forth his hand and caught him and said unto him, O oh, you of little faith. Now he wasn't chastising him. He was just showing him where he missed it. He says, Wherefore did you doubt? And when they were coming to the ship, the wind ceased, and they were in the ship, came and worshipped him, saying, Of a truth, thou art the Son of God. All right? Now, Peter was robbed of something that rightfully Peter's, let me put it to you this way. The will of God was that Peter walk all the way on top of the water to where Jesus was back here, okay? And he walked back with him into the boat, Without getting wet. That was God's will. Yes. But we know something else happened. He began to sink. But even when we feel like we're sinking, and we've all been there and done that in our emotions, you know, in our, in our thinking and the thoughts that are coming to us, you know, the negative thoughts about what could happen. If we hang on to the Word and we hang on to God, we can have peace and, and we won't sink. But even if we do, the Lord will reach down and He will pull us up out of that muck and that mire. In His love and in His mercy, He will still save us. See, you don't have to learn from all your sufferings. I mean, you made mistakes, but don't punish yourself. God can still rescue you. He loves you so much, He still wants you to... He still wants to help you even if you did miss it. And I'm so thankful that we have a Savior like that. Amen. I have a we have a merciful, loving God that even if we do miss it, He's right there to pick us right back up. Jesus didn't stick His, his foot on top of Peter's head and says, I want to teach you a lesson now. Get down there. <laughs> he didn't do that. He pulled him up. That's the mercy of God. And see, God will do for you through mercy what you couldn't get by your faith. Amen. Many times people that were, didn't even have faith to be healed, they said, Lord, have mercy on us. And God will, do something, God will do something for you through His mercy that even your faith couldn't get. The Lord is full of mercy and full of goodness. Amen. Now, I wanted to bring out this point. This is one more scripture we've got to see and then we'll close here today. But the, 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 the portals, the eye gates, the ear gates are avenues that are meant to be for God to communicate to us, to, to build our faith. Praise God. And I'm, you know, it's amazing to me that all of you in this room, there has been some type of obstacle or some type of challenge that you had. And you know, your faith in the Lord brought you through. And I want to remind you of that today. I want to encourage you with that today. Every single one of you, I don't want to just put myself up here as different from everybody else because every one of you in this room have some type, some type of a testimony, something that was, you were facing and the, the crisis of life came against you in some form or fashion, but yet you trusted in the Lord and He brought you through. That means you had sufficient faith to see yourself through. Now it may not have been pretty getting through it, but you got through it somehow. You came out. And you're here today. And I just want to highly encourage you because 
You have sufficient faith on the inside of you. God invested everything He has in you. He believes in you. He believes you're going to make it. Amen. Boy, you talk about a, a team of, of optimists. I'll tell you, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Yeah. Boy, they just don't give up on you. They believe in winning. Thanks be unto God, which always causes us to triumph. See the connection between giving thanks and triumph? Thanks be unto God, which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Trusting Him. Now, this is the last scripture, and I promise we'll close after this. But Proverbs chapter 4, verse 20. Folks, the football game isn't until tonight, so we have all day. Not that you care. I'm just teasing. <laughs> How about them stealers? In Proverbs chapter 4 and verse 20. With this thought in mind, remember those portals, what you can see, what you can hear, the five senses. And, and here's, uh, here's, at this time, was the wisest person that ever lived on the planet, Solomon, who had more wisdom than anybody because he asked for wisdom. And the Lord, up to this point, Jesus said that, that, that concerning himself, he says Solomon was the wisest of all the, the prophets, you know. He said, but yet a wiser one is here talking about himself. But, but Solomon, people came, Queen of Sheba, for example, you know, she came from a, a great distance away just to come and to sit and to hear what she had heard about him. And she was, she says, not even half was told me, you know, that, that, that the wisdom that would flow forth out of his mouth. Well, he wrote the book of Proverbs. The Bible says he wrote over 3,000 Proverbs, but we have the ones that are listed here. Okay? And he says this, verse 20, My son, that means daughter too. So the women get in on this, right? Amen. <laughs> My son, attend to my words, incline thine ear to my sayings. So that has to do with our hearing, right? He says, let them not depart from thine eyes. Keep them in the midst of thine heart. For they are life to those that find them. And notice this, health to how much of their flesh. Now, you know, it's interesting. The word health right there is the Hebrew word for medicine. Medicine. But notice he's talking about incline your ears. That's one of the five senses. And then he says, keep the word in the midst of your heart. Let it not depart from your eyes. And I'll say this in conclusion today, that the primary avenue that either God or the devil can get either faith and fear in you. Oh, that's all right. Thought an angel was appearing or something. <laughs> Gabriel's here. <laughs> Praise God. Isn't God good? <laughs> He's so wonderful. It's amazing the different uh, uh, ringtones that there are. My goodness, I've heard everything imaginable. But uh, that was a pretty one, though. But, uh, you know, uh, think about it. What you hear and what you see, or what you see and what you hear, affects the condition of your heart. There's a scripture in the Bible that says, I think it's in Jeremiah. It says, 
or no, it's Song of Solomon. He says, Mine eye affecteth mine heart. Mine eye affecteth my heart because of the daughters of the city. So in other words, what you see, I'll paraphrase that, what you see will affect the condition of your heart. Well, we want to we we use stuff to work for us and not against us, okay? That's why when I talked about having a remedy healing school, you know how important that is? On the 10th, we're going to have it on the 10th at 9.30 in the morning before church, okay? And we're going to get back to that once a month, doing that once a month, okay? Coming and hearing and seeing the Word of God so that faith is developing on the inside of us. Praise God. A wonderful thing about when I'm ministering the Word, I'm hearing the same Word that you're hearing, and faith is coming to me as I'm hearing the Word of God. But he says right here, Solomon says here in Proverbs, he says, he says, incline your ear to my sayings, let them not depart from your eyes. And what's going to happen? Keep them in the midst of your heart. So the entryway, you see this room right now, there's four doors, one here, one there, and these two double doors right here. These are the legal entryways into this room that you're sitting in right now. Everyone here had to come through one of those doors. Nobody came through the roof. <laughs> you came through the doors. How many came through the doors? All right. Now, the, the one way, the two ways that I know for sure that God will, the entryways into your heart, keep them in the midst of your heart. The doorway to your heart is with your eye gate and your ear gate. What you see, what you hear. What you see, in what you hear. The very words that you saw or heard today, did you know your faith today is actually stronger than, than, than an hour and a half ago before you came in here? Why? Because you're hearing the word taught from revelation knowledge. Not just, class, let's open our Bibles today. Everybody falls asleep. We're teaching from, revela- from, the, from the platform of revelation knowledge coming. Amen how that it will affect us, how it will impact us, how it will change our lives. So if we bombard, saturate, it's another word, if we saturate ourselves, it's so funny because I'll talk to people sometimes, like we'll go to that summer meeting, you know, the Believer's Convention in the summer, and I'll, they'll say, well, how long does it last? I said, well, it's all day long. They're like, you're in church all day long? Are you kidding me? Well, they don't, they don't understand. <laughs> they don't understand. Well, Len and Kathy Mink were here. What a glorious time that was, wasn't it, with the Minks here? Oh, praise God. They're up, I'm just feasting. On, I'm sitting in that chair right there, and I'm feasting on the word that they were given on Sunday morning. And I was like, and it was like, well, we're going to close. It's almost after 12. I'm thinking, I'm thinking, keep preaching. Yeah. This is like a feast. I just want more and more and more. Because when you're hearing words from heaven, you can't be bored. If you're hearing revelation knowledge, you can't be bored because unless you just choose not to pay attention. But I choose to believe God's Word. God's Word is medicine. Medicine to all of our flesh. I see no reason today why your flesh, you have one, don't you? <laughs> All right? While your flesh today isn't healthier after you leave here. Amen. Amen. Why couldn't it be? Amen. 
You see, we don't have to necessarily have a prayer line. Everybody comes up, we lay hands on people, you know. That's not always necessary. Jesus would just teach the Word of God and people would be receive. Paul was teaching the Word of God and people just started receiving right there while they're sitting. Because the switch of faith is in, on the inside. You just turn that switch on and say, I believe this. I believe this. I believe it. And when you do that, faith starts clicking. All of a sudden, that pain just leaves. And all of a sudden, that, th that situation you're dealing with just begins to change. Oh, why not? Why not? Hallelujah. Well, there's something real unique about today. Oh, mm, I sense it in the atmosphere. It's something... You came ready this morning. I'm telling you, not that you didn't before. There's something about your heart, your preparation of your heart, the way you came in here today. There's something really unique and special. It's precious. It's precious. It's holy. It's God. Praise you, Lord. We worship you right now, Father. Oh, thank you, Father. Praise 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 you, Father. Now, I, uh, I detect in my spirit uh, that, uh, not, not in my head or anything, but in my spirit, that Brother Dan has a word, uh, a prophecy or an interpretation of tongue or something like that right now. Am I right about that? Okay. Vele Mahroso from Batihiro Malacriso, Rimon Scandana from Elefis Combrote, Feseco Malebrese, Fesecangele Vedicessa, yes, Fundete Sessafasona. For the Spirit of God would say this there's been a hunger within the hearts of my believers in this congregation. For you see, you've come to receive from me, your hearts have been opened unto me. It has changed the atmosphere, saith the Lord, an atmosphere for me to move in the supernatural. For you see, it's a heart issue. Even with my believers, it's a heart issue. When those come to me desiring to know and to learn of my word, I shine forth the glorious light. And light, that light will come forth and shine within your heart and produce greater revelation, saith the Lord. Yes. Revelation where you come to the point where you're ready to walk on the water. Yes. You're ready to trust me for the things that I've promised within my word. For you see, you've activated the things of the Spirit. For I've declared in my word, draw nine unto me, and I'll draw nine unto you. You've made that move towards me by your attendance. You've yes. made that move by having attentive ears. For you've hungered after me, saith the Lord, and so I've moved yes. towards you. I've caused an atmosphere for you. To cause yes. things that I've promised yes. to be manifested in your midst. For you see, people don't realize the move towards me. And like I said before, you draw nine unto me, I'll draw nine unto you. Yes. Yes. You shine forth my word, and my word has produced life. You shine forth my word, and it's producing a light unto the path that you should walk, saith the Lord. That word is so important. For you see, I've declared in my word to keep your eyes single. Yes. Oh, and that word will produce the light within your heart. Yes. And that light will come from my word. Yes. 
this. So continue to draw an eye unto me. Continue to have that heart hunger for me. And so shall you see the greater glories yes. that I've promised, saith the Lord. Yes. Oh, let's thank him. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord Jesus. Praise you, Lord Jesus. Let's worship God. Thank him for speaking to us. Hallelujah. 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 Praise you, Lord. Praise God. Praise God. You know, uh, when uh, I have some, old, some older material, some older books from uh, Smith Wigglesworth, and uh, these are the unabridged, you know, type books, you know, and, and it, it, it's funny, it's interesting. It's not funny, but it's interesting because he would be, it would be, he never wrote a book himself. It would people would write about him. He never wrote a book himself, but they would, you know, write about his sermons, his messages, and get that, write it down. And many times while he would, be, he would be preaching, right in the middle of his sermon, it said there was a tongue and then there was an interpretation or a prophecy. Right in the middle of his message. Then we'd go right back to his message, preach another few minutes, boom, here it comes again. <laughs> Hallelujah. Should we be surprised if the Holy Spirit wants to interrupt and say something and, and, and insert something in our meetings? No. See, that was done decently and in order. Okay, I sensed in my heart that he, you know, God uses Brother Dan in that particular area, but I sensed in my heart. I didn't know what it was, but I sensed that God had something. He stepped up. It's all by faith. Amen. But you know what? We were just blessed by that, weren't we? We were edified by that word. Praise God. Now think about that. One, one part says, if thine eye be single, thy whole body shall be full of light. And you have something else. Okay. This is towards you, Keith. The Lord would say, you've been faithful. You've walked the walk. You, you put the time that it takes to grow spiritually. Greater things are headed for you. Greater things than what you can even imagine or think. For you see, you've humbled yourself before me. And as I said in my word, I will exalt those that humble yes. themselves before me in due time. This is the time and the season, saith the Lord, that you'll come forth in a greater measure than ever before. For it's even been shown to the congregation, those that have been sitting here have even realized and recognized the greater gracing and the greater anointing upon you because you made the commitment. For you see, you've uttered things in your prayer closet, and I promised in my word that I would cause those things to come forth and to cause you to be magnified in what you've declared in my prayer closet. Yes. These things are going to come forth in a greater measure than what you even expected. It'll shock you because you're stepping into the greater realm because you've made yourself a servant. And these things I have recognized, I have recognized the servant to in your heart, yes, yes. for you have not exalted yourself. You walked humbly before me, and so greater things are in line for you yes, in the mighty yes. name of the Lord Jesus yes, Christ. Yes, in yes, a greater yes, measure, yes. in a greater measure, and out of your yes. belly will flow the revelation gifts in a greater measure than before. Yes, 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 yes. you'll walk in the glorious light, and you'll say, oh, mm. oh it's been worth it all, say it, Lord. It's been oh, worth it all. Yes. It's been worth it all. Uh -huh. Thank you, Lord. Oh, thank you, Lord. 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 Oh, I thank you, Father. 
Praise you, praise you. Praise you, praise you, praise you. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Yeah. As it's been said, as it has been written in my word, that the Israelites received days of heaven upon the earth. Days of heaven upon the earth. And there are those that will look back and say, yep, yep, that was a thing of the past. That was a special thing for Israel. But know this, know this, saith the Lord, I never go backwards. I never regress or digress. I progress. And those that follow me, and those that walk with me, and those that put their trust in me, they shall experience days of heaven upon this earth. Days of heaven for the coming year. You'll see a glimpse here and you'll see a glimpse there. You'll see a little change here and a little change there. But all of a sudden, all of a sudden, there'll be a big, huge change that you'll see. And you'll see and you'll know. This is what was prophesied today about days of heaven on earth. But know this, know this. Days of heaven are not just reserved for anybody. Days of heaven are reserved for those that put their trust in me. For those that put their trust in me shall never be disappointed. Those that walk with me, though it may seem like ages and years and months have passed as if it would never happen, know this, you shall be rewarded. For don't you know that I've said it, a word that they that diligently seek me shall be rewarded of me? So walk by faith with joy in your heart. Walk with that joy. Walk with the revelation of my word. And you'll see things happen on the right. You see things happen on the left. Yes, family members shall come forth. Family members shall come to the light and recover themselves out of the snare of the devil. Family members shall be turned around. There'll be changes in your families, changes in your children, changes in those in your household, saith the Lord. And yes, even those you've been praying for, for an extended period of time that it looked like, will it ever change? Will they ever change? Know this, I've heard your prayer. I've heard your faith. And know this, the angels, my angels are working on your behalf to bring it to full fruition. And there'll be much cause for rejoicing because you'll look and say, my, 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 look at what the Lord did. Look at the change in so-and-so's heart. Look at the change in his or her heart. But I did it, saith the Lord. I brought it to pass. So rest and trust and put your faith in me deeper than you ever have before. And you'll see more rewards come your way. Yes, even this year to come. Great things are in store for you, my children, saith the Lord.